You are listening to a Music Secrets Exposed podcast documentary series in association with Waterfall Music and the Paul Lloyd Warner Foundation. Episode 8. First art show hearing about a woman's will to live, inspired from the album Miracle of Dolphins and Paul's healing piano music. Seeking new adventures to travel, Jay changing his name to Arion as he was inspired by the ancient Greek harpist who was saved by the dolphins 2,500 years ago, embracing the music and becoming the greatest salesman and inspiration to Paul Lloyd Warner's music, literary, and art, and first epic music recorded live in nature. Stay tuned, you're in for a treat. In our last segment, we finished the story of how the journey of Dufu was created in a most beautiful situation, beautiful surroundings, where I know Arian, who's on the podcast today, also known as Jay, I believe, um, was moved to tears um, because it was such an amazing spiritual experience when this piece of music was created, a very unusual piece of music. And we also finished last segment speaking about a place called Jenner in California and a motorhome. So I'm dying to know what happens next. Sure. You know, uh, I had this wonderful opportunity where the maestro said, hey, you can use my studio home with the piano in it uh, for the summer. And when I got up there and he started sharing with me with what he was doing, it's like, well, you know, I don't want to be here at the, you know, the home. I want to go on tour with you. And so we arranged it and I was able to go on the maiden voyage using his new 37 foot Winnebago with a van that we would tow behind and figured it all out. And we went up to this show, which um, we crossed over the Golden Gate Bridge. And then we went over to a pass Marin and into this little town of Jenner where the Russian river meets the ocean. And it was a beautiful, quaint little art show. And next thing you know, uh, we were setting up the booth for the first time. I was listening to Paul's music, which, you know, I was using it in the background. Uh, one of them was the Miracle of Dolphins, which I just had up. I'd have it in the background while I was in the inspiration and in the creation of my music. And uh, the show was probably not even an hour or so into it. And we were already very busy. People were buying before we could even get all the cassettes and the music up on the table. People were just buying them as quick as we put them out. 
And this woman came up and she started tapping on it. And she said, this is the music that saved my life. I'm going, well, hey, you know, I want to use the music for my inspiration and my artwork. She goes, no, this is the music that will save the world. I had breast cancer very bad. I was on my deathbed in the hospital. My family members had been coming through and saying their last wishes and saying goodbye. And one had come in with this little cassette player and a cassette saying the miracle of dolphins. And here's the headphones. Listen to this. I think that you'll really love this as you know, you just take your ending days. And she's crying and saying, I wish I knew the man that made this music because I have been healed through this music and I'm alive today. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. I go, this, this, this is Mr. Warner right over here. Oh my goodness. And she's like, oh my gosh, oh maestro. And she got, she was down on her hands and knees and she was kissing his hands and saying, you saved my life, you saved my life. And I'm like, wow, this is such a beautiful meeting. And all of a sudden there's other people gathering around because it was a very busy art show and very beautiful place to be. And people are like looking over each other's shoulders. What's going on? Did somebody get hurt or what? And we, you know, seeing this woman down on her hands and knees and you know, maybe it almost looked like she was asking him uh, proposing for marriage or something. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yet he was so humble. He backed up a little bit, still holding her hands, you know, like cupped and and placing his hands below and her hands were on top and he was uplifting her and he had her rise again with her tears running down her face. Her makeup was running and he said, you know, it was your own will to live and it was my gift that comes from the higher source of God that I was able to co-create this beautiful music where I had transposed the tone of the dolphins, slowed them down and found the same notes on the piano. And I am just so honored to meet you today. And she goes, yes, you gotta meet my husband. You gotta meet my husband. Okay, I'll take the story over from here, okay? And thank you, Ariana, that was beautiful, beautifully said. And that's the way it happened. Uh, So uh, she, lived right up above she lived in jenner and and she said here's my house and she showed me right behind where the show was up in the hills uh was her home and there's a little path up there and she says come you must meet my husband well so uh she grabs me by the hand and pulls me up the hill practically you know and then i finally walked by her side we get to the top of the hill and she and she comes running in the house and says, honey, honey, looking for her husband. Honey, honey, the dolphin man is here. <laughs> Goodness, the dolphin man. <laughs> the dolphin man. So we just had it. And, he, and she, she couldn't find her husband. She went way back in the kitchen somewhere. She found him. She drug him out. And he's going, has a puzzled look on his face. And, huh? And, and they said, this is the dolphin man. He, he doesn't understand a word of what she's saying. And then she pulls out this the cassette of the dolphins, Miracle of Dolphins that you see on the screen behind us. And she pulls it out and he shows it to him. Oh, he said, oh, yeah, we brought her back from, from hospice. She didn't want to die there. She wanted to die at home. And so we brought her back and she just, we turned the music on all day long and played it all day on repeat play. And she just kept on listening to it and she got getting better and she got better and she finally got healed from it. And, My and, goodness. 
he didn't die. And, and we were so grateful that she played that music all the time. Uh, and so uh, he just looked at me and, says, and he thanked me. He said, you're, you're the man who made this music. Thank you so much for what you did for her. I, I am so appreciative, you know, that you did this. And oh, it was so beautiful a moment. Yeah, but I mean, you never fun. hear stories like that. I mean, the power of music, that's just the proof of the power of music when it's coming from a higher source. Well, a it's few podcasts stunning. ago, we talked about the, the woman in Tucson, Arizona, who had exactly the same story, although her cancer was different. This was breast cancer here. Uh, and uh, so uh, but it was a woman about the same age, maybe a little bit older than the one in Tucson. But it was the same story again. Yeah. I heard it twice. People being healed from cancer. Now, I don't claim this music heals from cancer. These women had those particular uh, experiences because they listened to it over and over and over again. That, that something in the music touched them. They didn't have to listen to it. No one was forcing them to. Their will to live forced them, made them want to hear it over and over again. And the tones of those dolphins translated to piano got into their hearts and souls, into their bones, and just resonated with them. They heard it over and over and over and over again all day long if you listen to it. It's uh, a stunning story. Stunning story. Yes. Stunning story. You know, uh, what's so interesting is this is where the art show was, was just up above in these woods overlooking this beautiful coastline. And, you know, over the years, which will Paul will be going into many stories, is we went to many locations that after the show was done, we would be able to set up in these beautiful places of nature so he could compose, conduct, and write his greatest new symphonies for the world. That's where we're going now in our story. And thanks okay. for introducing it so well. So, so here's what happens. So, okay. Now this show is a two-day show, Saturday and Sunday in Jenner. It's a small show. It's a, what, what the, in the art show circuit is called a fill-in. It's not okay. like the big, big shows where you make tons of money, but at least it's a show that makes you some money. Now, usually I made maybe $2,000 at that show. With Arion there, sales doubled. He almost made 4000 Yeah, it was, it was amazing. His, his yeah, ability, you know, it, and a tiny yeah. show like that to pull in 4000 yeah, couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And yeah, and, and you know, I just salesman. reflected the what happened i said you know this we had a woman here just before you came and it was already this buzz after she took him away people were buying the album oh, i can I imagine and then they would they would tap on somebody else oh listen to this music listen to this music and all of a sudden people would sit there and get quiet they got quiet and they were listening and then i would say here's another track here's a, here's another track that was inspiring and another and another and next thing you know, I said, here, look, there's like four tape cassettes here. Buy them all and buy another collection for another family member. You should give one as a collection. And when he came back, I had this tons of money in this little box. And he goes, I've never done this much money in this amount of time. This is amazing. I go, I want to go on tour with you. This is how I want to be inspired. And then you began the ride of your life, it seems. 
Well, that, <laughs> that's what happened is that when the, when the show was over on that Sunday night, we were driving back to Santa Cruz to my home. Uh, okay. And we had counted all the money. In fact, he counted the money. I always counted money, but I trusted him. He counted the money. And when he says this $3,670, whatever it was, I go, oh my, that much is yet, you didn't make a mistake, we count. He kept, same thing. Oh, thank God. And then he said to me there on that ride home, he said, I want to go with you on tour. I don't want to stay in Santa Cruz. So he then, uh, we got back to Santa Cruz. I drove him to the airport in Oakland, uh, in uh, San Jose. Jose. Uh, and then he went back to Burbank to quit his job and pack his things, get it all together. And he came up uh, uh, to back to Santa Cruz a couple of weeks later when we're ready to leave at the end of June. Yeah, and can I share something? Because this was very important as a pivotal part of my life. I was, you know, already, I was about 28 years old. So okay. every seven years, seven, 14, 21, 28. So this is a, a, a real uh, important time in my life as I, you know, am now looking at the next portion of what am I going to do in, in my life. And going back home and saying, I'm going to leave my roommates in this beautiful apartment next to the Ventura Harbor. And I had a... a, a trimaran sailboat and i had to get rid of all this stuff and i had a, a former relationship that i was already out of but it was my final say so for goodbye and then leaving my roommates you know and they're like you can't just leave what are we gonna do i go you're gonna take over the house or i'm gonna have to get you somebody else i don't know you know my time has come i'm a frustrated artist and i am finding an opportunity that this is the time for me to leave and, and to go out and seek my adventures in life and, and find more of who I am. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So it was a major pivotal change for you. So it was, it, it mm. was. Uh, and do you find that you mentioned there every seven years that there was a change in your life? Do you find that there's a, a you know, every seven years something happens where there's a change or there's a move on? It's like there's a metamorphosis in a way. There is. And it seems it happens. And uh, it's the law of seven. And okay. if you look it up, um, it's definitely what happens in a lot of people's lives here in America. You, as soon as, uh, you know, you look at uh, the age of seven, usually everything from uh, one years to seven is very important for that childhood growing up. And the next starts coming into the teenage years and then moving in to finally becoming 21 where they are legal to, to drink, uh, you know, and, and, you know, where they can make a lot more of their own decisions. So things keep on shifting and changing. And, you know, 35, 42, 49. The story behind all of that, but it's not for this particular moment here. It'll take too long. But yes, he's speaking the right thing, the seven-year cycles. And he was at the 28th year in his life. That was a major change for him. Uh, it was called the solar Saturn return is the actual uh, legal term for it in, in the seven-year cycle theory. Uh, in his solar Saturn return, that was the year for the major change. And so he had always wanted to travel, but he was stuck in a job. And he was also in, before I met him, he was engaged. 
uh, and that, that engagement had broken up before we had met. So he was at a place where you know, he needed to change. He was in, in this job selling Mac computers in Burbank. Didn't make that much money, but he eked out a living. And he didn't have enough money to do his art, which was his foam art. He was very frustrated and, and felt confined. So when I offered him the opportunity to come on the show uh, to go to Jenner, he got a taste of what it's like to go out into the world and have a successful show. He realized, I want to travel with you. Uh, and that's when he quit his job and made all that happen. So he did and that. Arian, I'm curious about, you know, the music side of this whole story. So when you heard Paul's music for the first time, that was with the journey of Dufu. But then following that, when you heard the waterfall music and so on, did it have a similar impact? It did. Uh, you know, I, I the more I heard it, the more I became in tune with the, the resonating power that was in his music. I was using it to to sleep by. I was using it for my my peace time. I was using it for my focus while I would be doing something. And then the more we started recording you know, I had, I had this, uh, of all things, I had bought my own Mac computer and it was a little nine inch screen and it had a, a little thing so that it could move up and back. And I was able to do some of the, the first layouts of the, the miracle of dolphins and things that we were working on back then. Yet I, I definitely found that that moment of him recording and me watching the maestro perform with the candles lit and all that that evening is that was the catalyst again that gave me this knowing that I, there was something great here and I wanted to be a part of it yeah. and I wanted to share my art as well and put it, just put it this a, way I'd be surprised in that environment if you didn't want to be part of it given that you had an artistic background to begin with um never mind what else what was happening in your life but when you're part of such a special moments I've noticed this in, in my own history with music, that when you're part of special moments, musically speaking, it has a very long-term impact, mm. um, which is really interesting. What a yes, wonderful story. I, I think now we're, uh, let's see, 1990. This is 2001, so 31 plus years that we have been best friends that a best friend could ever have and business partners and just celebrating each and every day. Yeah. He Especially. is my brother. <laughs> we are and brothers, brothers. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's great when that happens. Go ahead. I was just going to carry on with the story. Uh, and so, um, so, okay, so he comes back up to Santa Cruz after having sold all this stuff, and now he's ready to go on tour with me. Now, all the big shows in Washington begin at the end of June. And then they go on to July, August through September. Uh, and then in October, there's this gigantic, September, there, late September, there's this gigantic, uh, the, 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 it's not the largest, but it's the most lucrative uh, fair, county fair, state fair in the country. It's in Washington state. Uh, and so we got into that show. Well, anyway, so I'm going to take us through this period of time when we started going on the art shows in that first summer of 1990. Uh, so if I may, Ariane, 
Uh, I would like to take over at this point and thank you very much for coming in to talk about how this all began and uh, just so grateful to you for all that you are and all that you do. It's just totally amazing. And I uh, love you with all my heart, brother. You're a great man and you've done so much to, to you're doing so much to bring my career up into the knowledge of the people. And I thank you so much. In fact, you are the one who introduced me to this lovely Sylvia over here. So, uh, you know, that's what he does. He, yeah, I can see that, I can people. see that. So, yeah. so we'll, we'll talk to you later on another day, but thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. All right, well, many blessings. And uh, to all of you out there, may you be safe and uh, share this with others and find a way to uh, bring that peace within through the healing power of Paul Lloyd Warner's music. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you so much, Ariel. Paul, what happened next? Arian joined you. So what happened after Arian joins you? So he's committed now to coming and working with you full time. And this was like 19. What year was this? 19? 1990. 1990. What happened after that? Okay. Uh, he came up in the middle of June. And at the end of June, around the 28th of June or so, uh, we started our drive up to Washington State. Uh, and I was towing a van. I, I had also purchased a, a, a Toyota four-wheel four van that we towed right behind the motorhome. Uh, and that all had to be disengaged and it was a whole big thing. Uh, okay, but that was where when we could park the motorhome in a motorhome park, we could then drive to the shows and do that sort of thing and drive around town and then come back to the home at night. Uh, that was the purpose of it. Uh, so, okay, so we drive up uh, to Washington State and on the way we were talking about uh, him becoming the name of Ariel. And the reason why is because I, I was writing a book about 
the great poet Arion, who lived in the ancient times, was already on the first, second, third chapter. And he reminded me of the, um, he reminded me of, of Arion, the, the great poet at the time. He was lyrical. Uh, he, he loved to surf. He, he, he had a surfboard, uh, I mean, a surf uh, on wheels. Uh, and uh, he, he had such a balance to him and, and the grace and such joy in his heart, uh, the way the ancient Arion had. Uh, so I then said, well, why don't you become Arion and make that new name? He loved that idea. So we cemented that idea by saying, okay, we're going to come through Oregon. We're crossing this big bridge over the Columbia River. We're coming into uh, Washington State. As we go over the bridge and we meet the halfway point saying entering Washington, that's the point in which you will become Arion. Later on, I know you'll have to legalize your name, but let's informally do it now. So as we came across the bridge, we come to leaving Oregon, entering Washington. I reached my hand across on RV. You have to go a little further than touch the passenger. He reached out his arm. We shook hands at that moment. You are now Arion. And he said, yes, I'm Arion. That's my new name, my nickname. And so he okay. became Arion J. Okay. Okay. Goodwin. That's, so his full name is Arion J. Goodwin, Goodwin. correct? Yeah. And then later on, he, he legally changed it, and that's his name legally now. Okay. So he became Arion, and because he was so lyrical, he chose that name because it, it, it could adopt a new persona, persona of a man who was saved by dolphins, but also a man who, who uh, just had a great joy for life, who was a great singer and a great harp player, a kitara player, the kitara. But he had that, but he was a great supporter of me. That's what it was all about. He supported me, he, he got me, he understood who I, who I was. So in, in, in getting me, uh, uh, he uh, was able to, uh, and uh, so he was able to, uh, uh, embrace my music and embrace how I made it. And he honored me. He gave me honor in a way that only few people could when they attended my concerts or friends who used to live with me in Maui and they would hear my music. This man just independently got me as I am and called me maestro and all this sort of stuff. Not that he was massaging my ego. It wasn't for that purpose. It was to elevate me to who I really am as an artist. And I got to feel the greater part of myself. That's one great thing he did for me. I could feel who I really am and what my role in the world is as an artist. Uh, so he helped me change from just being a pianist to now becoming the artist who I truly am. I knew that in my heart, but I, I wasn't expressing it as well as now that somebody else could reflect it back to me.
case. So uh, I then uh, we did these shows up in Washington and we had banner year sales. They doubled because of him. He was the greatest salesman. He sold he sold uh, Mac computers. Now he could sell music much more easily, much more cheaply. Computer would cost thousands of music would cost just 10, 20, 30 dollars, whatever the case might be. And we already had three uh, albums there. I had my first CD, which was Waterfall Music. Okay. I was now recording my second CD. And what that was, was going around in the middle, on the weekend, I'm sorry, in the middle of the week between shows, we would travel to some beautiful places all around Washington State. We'd go up into the mountains at the Olympic National Park and see some gorgeous views and go up into the uh, mountains right up in the central part of Washington uh, and go to Rainier. Uh, you know, there's so many beautiful places along the coast that uh, Arion said, well, look, let's pull out the uh, keyboard that you bought. I bought a Korg T1 keyboard and never had played it. I was still- So, so are you starting to transition from the piano? No, because you're more mobile? Yes, we're mobile. Okay. And he comes out with the idea says, well, look, why don't we make music in the middle of the week? Let's go to some beautiful places. He initiated that idea. I give him credit for that. And we uh, then went, started going to uh, different places. Now, this is the time when the Gulf War broke out, uh, the first Gulf War. And, you know, I mean, I'm an anti-war kind of person. And, uh, so is he. Uh, and we don't like war at all. You I know, know it's, I, it's just hideous. Thing and especially that war it was terrible how they just went and used shock and awe to yeah back, you know and all that stuff yeah so i'm not speaking out against the american war effort i'm speaking against war in principle you know and in general uh of uh, 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 we should be living in peace as a world and I believe in that with all my heart. I'm a peacemaker. Uh, and I've been that way all my life. So I decided, well, okay, let's pull out this keyboard. Let me start to learn how to play it. And so I started with the harp. The harp is the easiest to play because did you know that on a piano, that whole uh, case, the, uh, the metal part of the case that holds all the strings, it's called the harp. And so uh, the harp was the best place to go. Well, it turned out that the harp sample on the keyboard of the Korg T1, that was the instrument I had bought and we pulled out, started to play. That sample is so good that you hear the plucking of the fingers of the harpist. Now, you, I make the music. All, all, all this is, is that there are people who specialize in making samples and the samples are that they 
they they just have a harpist play a note and they record it digitally and all the notes they record them digitally uh, and then they average it all together in a very beautiful way and they put it into a little chip that chip goes into the keyboard i'm playing so when i hit that note i'm hitting a recording of that harp note not some kind of way of trying to make it sound like a harp i'm, I'm actually hitting a harp note yeah so you're really getting the authentic sound of the harp right and when they recorded it they got the plucking they got the actual pluck of the sound took me a while to to turn my playing horizontally like this on the piano to be playing vertically like this on 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 a harp and to do that how do you do that when you're still playing horizontally well you pretend you're playing a real harp by making the music that we we played on a harp and you learn how to play in such a way. Well, I did. I picked it up quite quickly. I was playing the harp. And I said, oh my God, I've always wanted to play the harp. Now I'm playing, making harp music that's authentic and beautiful. found the choral patch and uh, I love choral music it's my favorite music of all time classical choral music is my ultra favorite music so now I can I can start to sing with my fingertips just sing with my fingertips as I'm playing over these keys I'm accessing all the notes of, of, a, of a concert harp a concert choir and I'm playing choral music and I can play multiple chorals, you know, because I can play uh, 
several layers at one time, you know, the main, uh, the themes, the different themes simultaneously. That was beautiful. And I made some gorgeous choral music. started doing that uh, while we were up in Washington State. And this was in your motorhome at the time? We would take them out of the motorhome and we put them the keyboards and all the all, all the equipment, digital equipment, we put it into the uh, van. And then I figured out a way to have power without having a generator making noise. Uh, and that would be to take uh, a, a big, large truck batteries, very large batteries that are used, they're called deep cycle batteries, uh, and get buy a couple of those big truck batteries and then get inverters. So you can take the DC power uh, I don't know how they call it in Ireland, but the DC power uh, from the power that came off the batteries and invert it to the AC power that you get out of the plug in the wall. And so by so doing, I could then uh, plug in all my digital equipment into the AC power and have using the truck battery to power it. Totally silent power no noise whatsoever and i could power I, I learned how to power for about 24 hours by having several truck batteries and they they last a long time as long as they're they're powered up correctly and i had to buy good powering equipment to power them up uh in the garage at night that sort of thing wherever we were uh and um so this so, led, this whole experience led to the creation of which album? The first version of an American symphony. Okay, and when you call it an American symphony, is that a nationalistic kind of approach to music, like you're celebrating America or what? No, just the opposite. You see, because of the Gulf War, it prompted me to say, wait a minute, there's an antidote to war. And that's music. This particular music is an antidote. It is, it is the opposite of war. It builds, it constructs, it, it makes happen. It brings beauty to your life. It brings healing in some places. It uplifts you. Uh, if I take the music and play it in the Grand Canyon, I am, I am in the Grand Canyon and I am just picking up the beauty of that place.
and like one piece when we went next year to the Grand Canyon. It took about a year or so to create an American symphony from all the different places we went. Because in the summertime, I was in Washington, but in the wintertime, I was in, in Arizona, uh, New Mexico and Colorado, mostly in Arizona where it's warm. And Arizona is a beautiful state, north and south. It's a gorgeous place. And the Grand Canyon, of course, is in the far north uh, and the northwest of the state. And there you see the deepest canyon in the world. Uh, you also see the colors come out in the morning or in the evening. Uh, you've seen in all those great pictures of the Grand Canyon. But so did you, we, did, you, did you write pieces then to kind of reflect each part of the American uh, major natural spots? There, the, there's two ways that I created music. One was compositions that I'd written for piano that I have now converted over to the keyboards to orchestrate them, uh, but also with variations. Uh, so it wouldn't sound like the piano music. Uh, others were where I would start off with something I knew uh, and then I start to improvise. And then other pieces were pure improv, was in pure improvisations that were made when I was impacted by the beauty all around me. Uh, because some, I go to like Zion National Park. I didn't know anything about Zion National Park. I'd never been there. I couldn't foresee, connect any music I had already made that would compare to the park. I had no idea what I would do. I'd just sit down, I'd work out all the patches, meaning to say the sounds that I was gonna use uh, and practice a little bit. And then came time to play, I put the play button on. I, I know where I would start, what chord I would start or what place I would start. And then it just sort of slow open. And the music was being made by the nature all around me. And it, it took on its own themes. And, wow, this is exciting. And I play these themes. And I, I'm sorry, I'm a little animated right now. And I play these themes and I go from one to the other to the other. And it was, just became so exciting to be able to improvise and make the music that was all around me. I wanted people to imagine where they were, Zion National Park someplace, by the rocks, by the colored, beautiful rocks. and the craggy places and the, the hillsides and the mountains in the distance. And I wanted people to hear it. I wanted them to hear it as I was playing it and come into the scene as it was being made. Uh, and that was a fresh approach, a new approach to making music. So uh, how, how many albums did you make using this technique? So the American Symphony was one. I think you mentioned about deserts. Yes, there was a series that came after uh, uh, first, of course, was an American symphony, uh, and then came uh, Deserts, uh, which was recorded at the Southwest in the deserts. Then came Mountains, which was recorded partially in the Southwest, then all the way to California and the Northwest. Uh, after that came Waterfalls, which was recorded in, at the same place as you need mountains to have waterfalls or at least lots of hills to have waterfalls. 
So we go by the waterfalls, near beautiful waterfalls, and I play right by them and make the music there. And after that came oceans. So up and down the California, Oregon coast, some of the Washington, up and down the coast several times to get that album. Which was my most popular album, by the way. So how many albums was that in total then using this whole technique of using well, keyboards and synthesizers? Well, right and so now we're up to five, but there's more. Uh, after Oceans comes, after my mother passed away, I wanted to create a work for violin and orchestra. Now I've been practicing violin on the keyboards for at least two or three years. It, it takes a tremendous legato technique to get a violin and to be able to get very good samples of violins. The only way I could do it was to combine on a separate uh, uh, synthesizer with the keyboard and blend various violins together to be able to get the violin sound I could play to make it strong and beautiful. Uh, so I started doing that and I have to play orchestra with it. So I started playing the, the orchestra and the violin would come in. So I made a piece for my mother. That was recorded inside a home. That was not recorded outside. Uh, and I did it in one afternoon. Uh, my mother passed away in, February, in April. I was recording it. So you can imagine it's a big and beautiful, masterful work, I have to say. Uh, and after that came stars, and stars is important all over the Western U.S. at nighttime, uh, and uh, it's a, one of my great albums. So there's seven there's seven albums in the series, plus uh, American Symphony. So there's eight albums altogether. And are these available online? Not yet. I've remastered them. Uh, the early versions are online, but I don't want people to hear them. I've remastered them and they will come out next year. Uh, so the American Symphony is the one that I've done four times. I've had four versions of it. I started it in 1990 during the Gulf War as to oppose the war through music, to show the beauty of humankind and human spirit. That was the whole purpose of it, is to create such beauty, such absolute beauty in music, such depth of heart and feeling and recorded in nature so that you can really feel the beauty around you and imagine what, because I have titles to the pieces. I tell people where they're recorded. So now they can really go into it and feel where I was and how it was made uh, and then get it and so they they'll know that there is a greater beauty than war and that is is the human spirit and, and the spirit of humanity so that was the whole purpose behind it yeah. so it's really i suppose it's an opportunity just for people to hear a different sound so you started off with waterfall music which is based for piano mm -hmm. and now you're moving into this whole new kind of style which is based on keyboards and synthesizers all inspired by nature with a drive and a message for peace at the back of it. So, yes, yeah, yes. And meanwhile, there are other piano recordings, you know, the one you heard about Dufu 
and then there's a piano recording about our about our tourists um the uh the third star from the sun uh uh after the earth uh so our tourists is uh in, in i'm sorry in our galaxy uh it's a star in our galaxy the third farthest star away from us it always fascinated me so i i wrote a piece for our tourists for piano and then later uh on key on keyboards uh so you know there's a lot of variations that i did a solo piano later on that was all amazing that you'll hear about later uh so i went through this whole series all the way through oceans and stars and traveled the country for about six or seven years and and recorded in nature most all through so this was like from 1990 through to like 97 ish 98 yes. that kind of period yes. when this yes. whole synthesizer keyboard music was created i was using four keyboards at the time i, I started with one two three or four by the time i got to the fourth keyboard it was so rich in sound i could play violin on one part flute on on another i could play two parts of the string orchestra one with the deep cellos going and the rest of the violins going and i could have a solo violinist in there uh, and so i could have all these things going separate pedaling it was a very complicated thing is what, what i had finally done with the four keyboards was to simulate an orchestra and the individual parts of the orchestra and to be but you just can't play it you have to have a rhythm you have to be the conductor of the music while you're playing it.
find out more about Waterfall Music and the Paul Lloyd Warner Foundation, go to waterfallgiving.com. Also, stay tuned for the next Paul Lloyd Warner podcast. Enjoy. <laughs>